Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. And welcome in to Fourth Down in the Steel City, Odyssey's Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, where we have you covered, Steelers Nation. Every day of the week, we've got episodes pumping out, getting you ready now for what is kickoff of the 2023 season, Sunday afternoon at Heinz Field. Don't call it Acrisure. Hi, I'm Chris Mack and 93.7 The Fan. Josh Taylor, just a little bit under the weather. Um, he what did what did he compare his voice to? Greg Finley, who is our producer, is pulling double duty today, co-hosting with me. Hi, Greg. Hi, um, hi Chris. Uh, what, I think he compared his voice to Cobra Commander from GI Joe, right? That so is he correct. probably sounds like this, um, which means we're not gonna ha- we're not gonna put Josh through that today. We're gonna let him take a day, slowly recover, and he'll be back in the fold by the end of the week as we build up to what is a, a really interesting opener against the Niners. Cobra. G.I. Joe is not quite in your wheelhouse, is it, Greg? No, it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm a little too young for that, I guess. Even though I'm going to be 29 this month, I'm still go, technically young. Go, go back and find some clips on YouTube, which, by the way, is also where you can find this show. Yes, search 93.7 The Fan when you go to YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. And full new episodes of uh, Fourth Down in the Steel City will be posted as soon as they're ready, as soon as they're up there on iTunes and your Odyssey app, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, be sure to subscribe, follow, download, rate, review, all the things, and become a part of the fourth down in the Steel City fam Ali. That is not copyrighted by the 1979 Pirates. I just did it for us as well. So before we get to Mike Tomlin's first press conference of the year, Gregors, um, it will not slow down the conjecture about Nick Bosa and George Kittle. We started talking about this late last week, just kind of in passing, like, hey, keep an eye on this because the Nick Bosa holdout continues and Kittle still hasn't practiced in a little while. He's got a groin injury. Bosa's got a wallet injury. Um, And I'm starting to feel like as fans, as people who watch the Steelers, it's like when you were a kid or really, I guess you don't have to be a kid at any point in your life. When you start to kind of jog downhill, right? And the hill gets steeper and the jog starts to turn into a run, and now you're running downhill, and then your limbs start to flail about before you know it. Oh, I landed right on my face. 
because I was running downhill too fast and I got out ahead of myself. Um, are you allowing yourself to run downhill on this and actually believe that maybe the Steelers might not have to face Nick Bosa and or George Kittle on Sunday? It, it honestly feels like we're getting to that point, Chris, that a deal is not going to be done by game time on Sunday. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday, and it's still extremely up in the air, and you've got Ian Rappaport coming out saying, look, a deal's nowhere close right now, and if they don't come to a deal soon and he doesn't practice with the team, how's he going to play on Sunday? Like, I get it. He's Nick yeah. Bosa. He's been working out in the summer, but – he hasn't practiced with the team well, once. That's a real important delineation here because I keep hearing people make the comparison to the TJ Watt hold in of a couple years ago. The difference was TJ was around the team the whole time and TJ was going through team drills the whole time. And it also didn't seem this contentious, to be quite honest. This has been something that's been taking all offseason and has kept Bosa from showing up to the facility in Santa Clara. Like, that's a real big delineation for me anyway in that to your point he hasn't been practicing with the team now he is Nick Bosa and if he signs a deal at I don't know nine o'clock Friday night just in time to get on the plane Saturday morning and fly east with the team I'm sure they can put him out there on the field and say go get Kenny Pickett and he'll be fine but that being said there is a little bit of a of a limiting factor to what they can ask him to do I think in so much as it will simply be just hey go get the guy with the ball and perhaps if they were going to include him in any kind of schemes or if they're scheming about not having him I think they'd have to be prepared for not having him perhaps on Sunday given the way the situation has played out well now all of a sudden the other 10 guys are also adjusting on that side of the ball yeah, the game plan completely changes when you don't mm -hmm. have Bosa on the field. So if they're practicing not having Bosa and then all of a sudden, oh, we do have Bosa on Sunday, everything changes. For the 49ers, it changes in a good way because they're getting their guy. But I just don't see a deal coming to a close for Sunday's game. On the other side, Chris, George Kittle, that guy just cannot stay healthy. I really yeah. don't think he's going to play on Sunday because – We've seen this for the last couple of seasons where he comes down with an injury and he misses multiple weeks and it's only week one. Why would they, why would they push it now for him to play in week one, whenever, you know, they're not even at division games yet. This is right. not, this is not as big of a deal for them playing against the Steelers as it would be to get him ready for a game against a divisional opponent or even an NFC opponent. So I don't think Kittle's going to play, and I don't think Bosa's going to play. Well, and on both sides now of the ball, this changes how both teams are game planning. I know, and we'll get into what Mike Tomlin had to say specifically on Tuesday afternoon about both of these guys, particularly Bosa, and whether they're planning for him or not, and what he thinks their game plan is going to be. The Steelers' game plan is going to be particularly in facing this Niners offense. But you take weapons away, and – like you said, it changes the game plan. You take Kittle away, well, all of a sudden, you're asking other guys to maybe have to focus less on, I don't know, Charlie Werner and more on somebody coming out of the backfield, i.e. Christian McCaffrey, uh, to keep – maybe they keep, they're able to keep a closer eye on what Debo Samuel is doing constantly in motion, jet sweeps behind the line of scrimmage, uh, sometimes serving as, as another back. Uh, back there behind the quarterback and to be quite honest it might give you the opportunity to put more pressure on Brock Purdy as well who this is this is the the question of all questions on that side of the ball for the Niners aside from Kittle's health is 
is Purdy going to look like the guy that he looked like last year, which to be honest was not bad, but was never really asked to put a game on his shoulders. If the Steelers are able, if they don't have to worry about George Kittle and they're able to effectively not take away, but somewhat neutralize both Debo and uh, Christian McCaffrey. Well, all of a sudden that puts a lot more of that game plan on Purdy's shoulders. And I don't know if he's built for it again, especially against a Steelers defense that seems to be, Totally healthy. Mike Tomlin was clear about that today. He was asked specifically about any injury concerns. He had he did not have one name to spit out at us today. So that means Hayward's healthy. Ogan Joby's healthy. Watts healthy. Minka's healthy. Everybody's healthy. And they're all going to be able to pin their ears back and come after Brock Purdy, especially if there's no George Kittle. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus and Purdy's coming off of that injury against the Eagles, Chris, that was a massive injury. And so another question mark for the 49ers. Kittle, question mark. Bosa, question mark. Brock Purdy now, question mark. What is this guy going to look like? And if the Steelers take away the run game, which they are known to do, especially against Christian McCaffrey, if you can contain him, you the, the, the game plan needs to be make Brock Purdy beat you. You can't let Christian McCaffrey yeah. beat you. Yeah. And, and, and again, we'll get more in a couple minutes into what I think the Steelers want to do specifically to the Niners offense, because I think Mike Tomlin kind of laid it out, uh, maybe inadvertently. I don't know, but it was a very expansive answer about the question of flexibility at different positions on the defensive side of the ball. But I would think the Niners are probably going to do the same thing to Kenny Pickett. They're, they're going to ask Kenny Pickett to beat them because look, as great as he looked this preseason, as much as he improved down the stretch last year, I still got to think a veteran defensive coordinator like Steve Wilkes looks at it and goes, hmm, yeah, young quarterback, uh, young running back too, who admittedly has had some struggles in the first couple years of his career. Mm, maybe an offensive line is still looking for some cohesion. Let's force the quarterback to beat us. And so with that being said, I think it'll be a similar, whether they've got Bosa available to them or not, this is an incredibly talented defense, Greg. And that's the thing. Like this defense can, they, I don't want to say survive. They're not going to thrive, but they will survive even without Nick Bosa. Like you look at all the talent on that side of the ball and they've, they've got the pieces Warner in the middle to start with. Like Fred Warner is a guy who can run with Pat Fryermuth down the field, mm-hmm. or he can come up in the box and fill a gap and, and shut something down at the line of scrimmage. Um, might not have to shut down much at the line of scrimmage because their defensive line is stacked. Armstead, Hargrave, Farrell. And then you've got the secondary punctuated by Hufanga, who 
plays like his his uncle Troy, right? Like he can run around and do anything. So they've got it at each level of the defense. And I really think their game plan is going to be we're going to we're going to put eight guys in the box. We're going to shut down Najee, keep him to three and a half yards of carry and try to force Kenny Pickett to beat us in particularly in the middle of the field where Warner and Hafanga will be and deep down the field as well. And if Kenny Pickett can do that, then, hey, more power to you, Kenny. We'll head back home, maybe 0-1, but we'll know we'll have put the game in the second-year quarterback's hands. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to think Afunga is going to be all over George Pickens on these deep balls because, I mean, if, if they did any of their homework, they know that Pickens is the guy that the Steelers are going to go deep with. So they'll put him on – Pickens more than likely. And yeah, you talk about Warner. They're going to be missing Bosa. They still have Fred Warner. They still have Javon Hargrave. And this defense is loaded even without Bosa. It, it's, 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 uh, it's not going to be easy. It's not. And you bring up a good point about make Kenny Pickett beat you. If you're the 49ers, you want the old Matt Canada offense Steelers. You want them oh, to throw yeah. check downs, oh, get sweeps. You oh, want no. them to do everything that Steelers fans don't want to see. That's what the 49ers plan should be. It should be make Matt Canada's offense of last year come back. Oh, no, please. You said jet sweep, please. Can we go one week without a jet sweep? Just one week without a jet sweep, please. And they have uh, Calvin Austin. He would be okay for a jet that, sweep. You know what? That's And that actually is a really good point by you, that this is an offense who's got a couple different weapons than they did a year ago. So is, are those weapons enough to sort of wash the stink off of Matt Canada's play calling, as it were? You know, you, you've, you've got Washington, who you can use in the middle of the field now, who's an absolute mammoth of a human being. You've got Calvin Austin, who can stretch things, not just vertically, but horizontally. Um, and those little weapons dropped in here and there. Jalen Warren coming in on third downs and running against lighter boxes and, and ripping off seven yards of carry. That's the kind of stuff that, the only way you're going to keep a, a Niners defense, a stacked defense like this, from simply shoving the ball back down your throat every time you try to run the ball is to keep them off balance, force them to stretch stretch out, get less comfortable instead of stacking the box with eight guys. And the only way to do that is to have some of those creative play calls, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, if Matt Canada's got any left in his bag of tricks have a couple of those hit. They don't have to hit for huge plays, but just stretch the field a little bit and make the Niners uncomfortable so that they can't shut down the run on every single first and second down. And it helps, Chris, that they revamp their offensive line. Isaac Sayamalu is a huge addition. Mike Tomlin talked about him. We're going to talk about what Mike Tomlin said, but when they asked him about Sayamalu, it was, is this what you expected or are you more impressed? And he said, I'm impressed with what I've seen from him, but it is what I expected because I know he's a good player. Yeah. And so, you know, you add him into the mix. Dan Moore has looked really good. The The offensive line will help this team a, a huge amount with the run game and with the jet sweeps and everything that they want to do. It starts with the guys up front and they improved a ton. Tomlin was all in on defending Broderick Jones today, by the way, too. I mean, he, he made the comparison to Cam Hayward's first couple of years in the league when he sort of played second string and sat behind some guys and said, I'm not worried about Broderick Jones at all. Okay. I'm not worried necessarily. I just, I don't know. Maybe our expectations were too high, right? We expected it to be a, a pouncy situation where he just walked in and 
grabbed the job and never looked back. I guess it's more credit to Dan Moore Jr. than anything else, like you said. Yeah, I mean, I think them drafting Broderick Jones really put the pressure on Dan Moore. Like, hey, I better get it right or else I'm going to get replaced because this guy from Georgia is the real deal. And so Dan Moore had the competition from Broderick Jones getting drafted, and now he's the guy. Highway robbery when the Niners were able to somehow acquire Christian McCaffrey. Mike Tomlin had the numbers on how different an offense it is with Christian McCaffrey involved. We'll let you know what those are. He came up with a new Tomlinism, Greg. I don't know if it was right there on the fly or if this one, he this was one he was workshopping for a while, but we've got a new Tomlinism as well. We're excited about that. And we talk in detail about how Mike Tomlin laid things out at his first regular season press conference of the year and how he expects his defense to handle the Niners offense. That's all on the way. Keep it locked in right here to fourth down in Steel City.